0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to wherever you're listening in the world and welcome to Season 3 of the Right On Track Podcast. You are being joined, as always, by myself, Tom Parry. I'm also with Tom Denham and somebody who has just graduated high school, Connor Jonas. Yeah, he has. So congratulations. I think that deserves a
1: round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. I'm the youngest in this trio here, but it does mean that now I've got a lot more time to actually make it to recording sessions instead of recording 20 in one sitting. Hmm. Which does help, you know? No,
2: it's an absolute uh, feat. So well done, thank you. Um, we're thank very you. happy for you. But it is awesome to be back behind the mic as well, and to hear all your wonderful voices too. Oh, it's been too long. It I know, Cowboys. it's been. It's been great, and throughout the time
1: that we've been away, we've had some wonderful like emails and feedback from you guys.
2: The the, the, the fan interaction has just been. Uh, going from next level to next level, and I've been personally really enjoying it.
1: Yeah, and, like, I mean, we've gained, been getting messages from all over the world. We've had, you know, a few in England. Then we got a reheartwarming really heartwarming one from Texas, mm. which was really yeah. good. Um, brought a few tears to our eyes, but...
2: Quite a few here from Old Town Melbourne as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. so it's been really good, and... Now we're back covering the third series of Thomas the Tank Engine,
0: friends. That indeed we are. And in our very first episode, we'll be covering the first three episodes, which are A Scarf for Percy, Percy's Promise, and Time for Trouble. Now, a couple of big changes in this season. The most noticeable of all is a new narrator. We have Michael Angelis, who has taken over the role from... Ringo Starr. Yes. Huge difference, yeah.
1: Mm. And that's in the UK dub. In the US dub, it's the first introduction of George Carlin, mm. um, who's not... Recovering some previous Ringo Starr-narrated
2: ones, so... Interestingly, another really big name for the US, George Carlin is a huge comedian, so yes. it would have been a massive grab for Thomas for the US audience as well. Yes. But interestingly, by this point, was Thomas still in the form of Shining Time Station or was it Thomas the Tangerjum by this point? Um, At this time, it was still Shining Time. That's interesting. Like, I can't... Like as an Australian, I can't understand the idea of like having both entities together because my first exposure to Shining Time Station, like many others, was Thomas and the Magic Railroad. Yes. So it's interesting to kind of do the reversal and uh, see how. It came to be, and how it worked towards the movie.
1: And and one thing that got me with Shining Time is that it's a bit of a show within a show.
2: Yeah, very much so. And Thomas is merely a segment.
1: Yeah. Mm. And and that is what really confuses me about it. Um, I've actually been obsessed with watching Magic Railroad parody. It's hilarious. I encourage you guys to go listen to it. Shout out to Mad Frog. Productions. Yeah. In- yeah, I love it too. Yeah, it's and it's got lots of good in-jokes for people that are fans of the show and sometimes question things. So, it's absolutely brilliant. But un- a few more big changes about Series 3 is it was the very first series that Britt Allcroft became a co-producer of it, um, along with David Mitten. It was the first one that used stories that wasn't written by either the Reverend or Christopher Audrey. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, opting for some more magazine stories, um, most by Andrew Brenner, who uh, was the former series head writer. Um, Well, this was later on. Oh, yes, 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 Mm. yes, later on. Mm. Um, And then uh, the Reverend actually didn't like the adaptations of these because one thing that um, will happen with us, because you mentioned the episodes before, we've got Mm. two Percy ones, then a James and Toby one. Mm Mm-hmm. I vehemently expressed my distaste for the episode listings for Series 2 last season. Mm. I think we all have at some point. Yeah, because of how out of order it is. Except I'm going to backtrack with Series 3 because I feel that Series 3 is so out of order that it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, by this point, they've kind of just gone with it and and they've gone, yeah, this is the best we can do.
1: Yeah, and they just have episodes and I like on how there is now variety in the episodes. Mm. Whilst I do enjoy the parallels such as the, you know, Oliver stories, one follows another, or the Mavis stories, um, I do like on how now there's a fair amount of variety with it. Um, And... One reason for this was because all the unused stories that they hadn't made so far uh, from the Railway Series Inspiration involved a lot of new characters, which would be expensive to make. Mm. So that's why they opted for these instead, which is sometimes the confusion
0: comes about. Mm. Absolutely. Shall we jump into our very first episode?
2: I think that's a cracker idea.
0: Okay. And in this clip, we are playing... Well, well, it's a scarf for Percy. What, what are, I don't know what we're playing. Let's just roll the clip. Why don't we talk about something else, shivered Percy. Yes, like how
3: silly we look when our funnels turn into icicles. That's not funny. Maybe we'll stop feeling cold if we talk about warm things like sunshine and steam. And fire lighters, muttered Thomas. Scarves, continued Percy. Scarves? That's what you need, Percy, a woolly scarf round your funnel. Thomas
0: was only teasing, but Percy thought happily about scarves until the firelighter came. Now, this story here is an adaptation of a story from Henry the Green Engine, which is book number six in the Railway series. We covered that extensively in our first season, as did Thomas the Tank Engine and Friends. The original story is called Percy and the Trousers, and that begins with... Percy and Henry having something of an argument, whereas the clip we just heard there, that's completely original. That has been written by the writing team of brittle Alcroft and David Mitten yes. for the show.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, I reckon it's really interesting like within the TV series canon how they try to reappropriate these stories, and I like that they include them. Um, But, yeah, it's interesting in retrospect, like, how um, the original source material differs from uh, the TV counterpart, which I'm totally okay with. They're two uh, different stories in themselves. Uh, But one of the adaptations I find really interesting is that they change uh, the main focus from trousers to scarves. Mm.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, And that was actually something, whilst I personally love the little changes from the original adaptation, Um, that was something that the Reverend didn't like. He often publicly dismissed and, you know, spoke about the lack of realism or what he liked about these episodes because of how they differed from the source material. Hmm. Uh, A famous case being that of Henry's Forest, which we'll get to later on.
2: Mm. I personally like it, but yeah, we'll discuss that soon.
1: Yeah, but... This episode, uh, for those who haven't seen it, uh, that was the start we just played, where it's a cold winter day on Sodor. Uh, then, as Parry mentioned, uh, Percy and Henry have you know a, a bit of an argument. Well, it's
0: not so much an argument, because in the original story, it's said here that Henry just rubbishes Percy's claim, and he's got mm. this really cranky look on his face. But when we see the two of them... In the television show, it's almost jovial. Henry's like, engines don't need scarves. What are you talking about, yeah, the, the, Percy?
1: The, the, the argument comes about from the um, comment, you know. You've only got
0: a small funnel.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you don't need a scarf.
0: It's for engines proper funnel. You've only got a small one. We're mentioning, <laughs> rather we're you know, bringing up funnel sizes now. Yeah. Yeah. I could make an inappropriate joke there, but I won't. I
2: think we're all thinking about that, definitely. But, yeah, we'll, we'll steer clear from that for yeah. our young listeners. Yes,
1: family-friendly, mm. family-friendly. Mm. Daisy stripper music. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the, then, of course, what happens is that Percy is trying to sneak up on the coaches mm-hmm. um, on the same day that the Fat Controllers bring some visitors around the island. Uh, the luggage trolley is going across the tracks when Percy hits it, which then causes all these bags and luggage to fly through there, including some jam and a pair of trousers to be
0: wrapped around Percy's funnel. Which the were... Fat Controller's trousers, no less. Yes. And um, you just bring up an interesting point as well, Connor. We also get to see Sir Topham Hatt interacting with his wife. She doesn't say anything, but they, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they talk to each other, and that's not in the original story either. I know. Mm. So, again, a fair few different changes,
1: but I feel like... The change of having that interaction beforehand is better because it introduces that point of, you know, the fact Controllers bring some visitors around the island today and you go, oh, okay. And then you have like the Henry talk and then you have the actual accident occur. Mm. Um, but I have got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Who are these visitors and why have they got jam in their
2: luggage? I was just thinking that exact Who same earth thing. Who on brings jam with them from the UK? Did
0: they not have customs officers in the island of Sodor? And, like, I mean, the thing is, is that these are
1: obviously (laughs) special visitors Mm. because the Fat Controller has ironed his special pair of trousers. It's
2: quite possible that one of these special visitors bought their special homemade
0: special jam. Or perhaps, because the Fat Controller's trousers are in there too, maybe it's a gift from Sodor to these prestigious international Ah. visitors.
1: But but the thing is, it's, you know, the luggage of all of them, basically. So Mm. it it could be maybe they're from the jam factory. Could be. Maybe they work for the same company as seen in James Percy and the Fruitful Day. It's possible, That sounds
2: quite jam-filled. Entertainment.
1: (laughs) Anyways. Um, But one thing, like, there are a few things I really like about this episode. So, of course, this is our very first introduction to Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. And I love his early narrations. Mm, me too. It's
2: very warm and wistful. I know. Mm. It's interesting that you bring that up because um, before this, uh, Michael Angelis did some early dubs um, of the stories and they were released for, I guess, uh, I, I think it was like a preview VHS um, and they, uh, he, he, his uh, way of doing it is a lot more docile and I think he's trying to do what Ringo did but it doesn't work for him. He just Mm. sounds a little bit more... Imagine kind of like series 8 to 12, Angelus, but like in series 3. It's really interesting. And I'm glad that they made the time to do all the voices a second time around Mm. because it sounds so
0: much better. He's so animated. It does. Mm. Because I'm just going to read the story here. I've got the story in front of me because, you know, I'm prepared. Um in the story it says, my funnel's cold, my funnel's cold, Percy would puff, I want to scarf, I want to scarf. And, you know, 8 to 12 Angelus would read it, my funnel's cold, my funnel's cold. Whereas here in this episode it goes, my funnel's cold, my funnel's cold. I want to scarf, I want to scarf. You know, he's got that young, vibrant energy that Percy has. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting,
2: I think it was around the 60th or the 65th anniversary they, um released a bunch of the Railway Series stories on um audio. Um you can get them digitally and on C D mm-hmm. and they redid books one to seven or eight. And it's so interesting hearing Angela Suey's voice <laughs> for Percy and the trousers. Oh no. <laughs>
1: Um, but, of course, we've got some new musical ditties. We do. Uh, yeah. By Mike and Junior Campbell, which I love. The, you know, the start...
3: And
0: it's more orchestral this time. They're not just it using is, yeah. synthesizers. It is.
2: It um definitely builds up from what they produced in the first two seasons. Like You still hear Thomas' theme and Gordon's theme and all mm. those classics, but it sounds like next level it, yeah. it's it's ramped up and that comes across in
1: some of the finer details such as at the start of the episode not only are thomas and percy dusted in this like white powder mm. uh, of snow but you see some workmen huddling around a barrel that they've lit on fire and
0: also you see the snow blowing across the stream. Know, And it's it beautiful flickers, mm.
1: and then even another detail when the fat controller is sitting down for some hot Porridge. You steam. see steam coming from it's it.
2: Beautiful. Oh,
1: and like honestly, season three. I said at the end of season series two mm. on how you know good it is, and it's got you know if you want to make sure you've got something good quality, go for series two. Mm. But series three, it has got some of the highest gems out there. Mm and i completely forgot about how much i loved it until i started you know reviewing these episodes for this podcast.
2: One of the things that didn't click with me when I was a child, as I was watching these stories, was that there were particular scenes. Well, it's it's evident to us now because we've already talked about it on the show, but I guess in series three, it particularly, um, there are shots that are of a larger scale to what it is on the set. But in particular, um, when you see, you see a lot of the fat controllers house and office in this season, and um, I've seen some uh, behind-the-scenes shots of um, the setup, and I didn't realise how big it was compared to the engines. Yes, mm.
1: actually, the um, the office space itself uh, measured, I believe, 90 by 90 centimetres. Yeah. Uh, so, just below a metre. I. That's roughly three feet.
0: It's nearly a square metre. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, it's, you know, amazing how larger actually is like you mm. can't see it in the recording studio but that reaches all the way from where i am to about a meter away to
0: where denim is right now hello hello mm. coming back to the episode of Scarper yes. percy one of the things i particularly love is the slapstick that occurs towards the end of the episode we see the bags being tossed into the air yeah. the, spinning around the trousers the hat spinning and you see percy and all the visitors looking up just you know, anticipating for the
1: it, worst. Yes. <laughs> and then the jam falls, mm. and then you see the jam like literally like sliding down their faces. Mm.
2: It's almost painful to watch for <laughs> them. Is. Like,
1: I, I, I want to know because it looks like real jam,
0: but it does. What about the
1: models? Like, they just pour jam on these models.
0: The models go through so much throughout this season. So yeah, much abuse, mm.
1: especially
2: um, this season. Mm. Yes, it's interesting. Um. There's a deleted scene that I wish they had included in this story, but it's in a music video. There's a scene like as everything's flying up, you see the jam fall on Percy, the jam fall on the visitors and the fat controller, and then one lone
0: troublesome truck gets it as well. (laughs) Yes. And it goes from having that smiley face to the, oh, what? Yes. And, 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 like, I like to think
1: with that added deleted scene that there was just jam. Everywhere. Like like the yeah. stations, you know, paint the stations red with jam. Mm. But, of course, as with most uh, Reverend stories, inspired by a real event. Mm-hmm. Um, this one he read from uh, The Trains We Loved um, by C.S. Alice. Uh, it was a story from there based on a true event that happened on the Salisbury in Wiltshire um, in the UK. Where a train hit a trolley and... Mm. Oh, luggage and I think maybe even jam flew a bit. I, mm. I don't know the
0: context of that situation. but And the Reverend says here in the original storybook this story is adapted from one told by Mr. C. Hamilton Ellis in The Trains We Loved. We gratefully acknowledge his permission to use it. Oh, see, brilliant.
1: Right mm. there. Mm. Wonderful. Um, But, uh, like, big climax of this episode is, of course, Percy Hing the trolley. Mm. And a fair few factors have aligned for this to happen. Mm. So it is the trolley men are walking backwards with the trolley to make sure nothing falls over. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they can't see Percy coming. Mm. And Percy is wanting to sneak up on the coaches.
0: Which we don't actually see.
1: Yes, and we only get one line of dialogue saying he's wanting to do that. Yeah, mm. true. The fat controller and none of the other passengers seem to go, oh, hey, there's a train coming. <laughs> and it is said the driver shut off steam before entering the station. Yeah. Now, by shutting off steam, that, of course, means that no sound is made. So, really, this is the driver's fault here. Like, P- not the signalman's.
2: Not not the yes, signalman's. I win yet again. <laughs> oh, don't, no,
1: don't worry. You're, you're coming up next. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> but the thing is, is that for this to happen... You know, the fat controller goes, this will teach you for sneaking up on coaches. Mm. But, you know, it, Percy can't control, can he? No, the, the The driver, you know, shut off steam, mm. which means that Percy wasn't able to control whether th- he was able to do steam or not. He could
0: have said something.
1: Look he, out,
0: he I'm did- out of control. Well, he, he could have just said, you know, steam train coming through, small tank engine coming through, But he like that. then
2: he was wanting to sneak up on the coaches, wasn't he? Yes,
0: he was. And and, and did he not see the trolley ahead? Like, I mean, you can
1: see in the set, you know, in real-life distances, Mm. he's probably about 100 metres away when we first see Mm. him and the trolley in the straight line of each other. Did no one, like, see that happening? Mm. And, like, were the trolley men deciding to, you know, going across them? Or say, David, how was your weekend? Let's just have a chat right here in the middle. Spiffing, thank you. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. So I mean, it it happened in real life, but I really don't like the different factors that aligned for this. Yeah, it's. it's so many
2: questions. It's one of those once-in-a-blue-moon occurrences. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I think it's time for us to dive into the ratings for this episode. Yep. So, Connor, let's start with you. Um, I'm going to go with 6.5. It- Ouch. Ouch. Oh, well, oh, really?
3: I felt that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are not having this again. I'm not going to raise it just because you guys <laughs> threatened me, like with dirty work and duct-ex-charge and so on. But... What it is, is that, you know, I love the episode. It's the start of a new, you know, series, a start of a new era for the show. Mm, They've got a higher budget. And, of course, this absolutely clouds over the top of Series 1 in budget and quality. And I feel because of that, you know, I need to align my rankings to what they had and what they could have done. Okay, Because... In regards to Flying Kipper, Flying Kipper is absolutely amazing. Mm. But consider the crash in The Adventure Begins. The crash in The Adventure Begins looks really good. In fairness,
0: that was animated.
1: Exactly. Mm. Higher budget, new technology. Yes. So it is a great episode. I would probably give it, you know, a 9 or 10 if I'm talking about the whole show in general. However, talking about, you know just sort of the small-centred area with Series mm. 3, I'm saying it's, you know, 6.5. It is a great little story. It's got nice little details, which come to expect for a lot of the rest of the series. Mm. A weird story to start on.
0: Like no, I, I, I disagree. I think it's the perfect story to begin the series. Really? Yeah, if you're being introduced to... Thomas for the first time, I think... Well, you've got a little bit of Thomas the Tanker in the You've got Percy, who's pretty much the tentpole character. Yeah. yeah and, and then I'll... you've got Henry, who's like that gentle older brother figure. Okay. He's mm. okay. in
2: the background enough. He I'll, is. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give mm. you that. Um,
1: but, yeah, I, I just feel... The story feels like it dragged on a bit for me. Because we had the start and then we had the fat control. then we had all these images of the snow and then we had you know the, the the percy sneaking up which itself the sneaking up takes like 30 seconds or something well
0: we should acknowledge as well the original story percy in the trousers it's only about 4 pages long in its original form yes
1: and it has got the least amount of illustrations in all of them yes yeah. so it already is supposed to be a small story, and they managed to stretch it out to this large and,
0: and I love the way they've stretched it out. So Connor's given it a 6.5. Denim, what's your score?
2: It's interesting when I think about it because I think one of my favourite things about this story is the ending and the the small story arc that Percy's come along. Mm. At the beginning of the story, he's ranting to Thomas that he's cold, and he goes, that's it, I'll get a scarf. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the shed to be cleaned. Henry comes back and uh, he kind of teases Percy about this, and he goes, oh, the fire lighters come early tomorrow. You won't need a scarf. And Percy goes, oh, you're absolutely right. We have warm boilers. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And that's how the story ends. It's very, very comedic, and I think this works beautifully Um, and I love that again as uh, you said Tom the whole slapstick element of everything colliding at once on the trolley and it's Mm. painting the town red as uh, you also said Connor so I think for those reasons I'm going to give it a 7.5
0: and another element of comedy as well is that in the very clip we played so, the yeah, engines. Yeah. Why, don't we, why don't we think about warm things like sunshine and fire lighters? Yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> um, have clenched teeth in fire firelight? You yes. Hurry up. Um, well, you two have left me in a bit of a spot because I really enjoyed this episode and I think you two have both undersold it. So, I'm giving it a nine out of 10. Oh, well done. Yeah. yeah. I'm good, good, proud good on of you. you. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Show us up. <laughs> So now we're going to move on, which is a typical fan favourite. It's our first proper storm episode. We've had a few, but this is when we get to really see them. This is
3: Percy's Promise. Mm -hmm. Let's roll that clip. It was a beautiful day, but Edward was worried. Be careful, he warned. There's a storm coming. A promise is a promise, thought Percy, no matter what the weather. The children had a lovely day, but by tea time, dark clouds loomed ahead. Annie and Clarabel were glad when Percy arrived, he was just in time. Rain streamed down Percy's boiler. Oh,
0: he shivered and thought of his
3: nice dry shed.
0: This story, I mean, they would later use this soundtrack to great effect in Gallant Old Engine in yes. season four, but, yeah, it up until that point this is the only time we hear this store music and it absolutely suits it's it Beautiful. suits it well yeah I yeah. love it yeah mm. it, it's a brilliant thing so uh,
1: this story uh, is it adapted from a book
0: it is it's adapted from the final story in Percy the small engine which uh, we have covered on the show before I think it was in the second season yep mm-hmm and it's also in the railway series Canon. The one that directly precedes Percy and Harold's race. Yes. Mm.
2: It's interesting to see how the the Railway Series timeline lines up with the TV Series timeline as well. Mm. But it doesn't in the case of Percy Takes the Plunge.
4: True.
1: Which Percy seems to be talking about this exact instant uh, in Percy Takes the Plunge in Series 2, where He's there, surrounded by water, with it swirling around his wheels to Mm. Bill and Ben. Mm. So there's a bit of conjunction and confusion
0: as to where this episode lines up. But I think once you see the production values in this episode, you'll see why they put it off, postpone it, because we get our first instance of rain, so basically it's mist that they spray over the engines, but it looks like rain. Yeah, um, Mm. those who haven't seen the episode... We all really recommend you do. Mm. It's great. They
1: they actually show you know all this water spraying and streaming across Percy's. You ball see the, face.
0: the river flooding, like you can actually see, see the water rise level rise a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
1: such minute details.
0: Uh, and then the absolute high point of the episode—it's where Percy's model rushes into this flooded field. Yes, which uh, I'm been told i have been told that they had to take all the mechanical components out of the model engines and just have an empty hollow shell and then use wire to pull it through pull percy's model and annie and clarabel through sense. the water mm. yeah.
1: yes um so uh, i like previously hypothesized mm. um that they could have used electrics mm. um because while water is conductive mm. What happens is that electricity always takes the shortest and easiest path. Mm. So the axles on a locomotive would be easier to transfer current than water. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it does make sense to remove the electrics for it. Um, Mm. And you can, yeah, see Percy surrounded by all this water. But for those who don't know the episode.
0: Oh, yeah, we should summarise that. We forgot to do that. We got too excited. All good. Okay, so in the beginning of the episode, Thomas is talking to Percy, and he's taking the children on a trip to the seaside, and he says to Percy, I can't do it this evening. Would you be able to take them home? And Percy said, yes, of course. And then the storm hits, and then he gets stuck in that flooded field. And... (laughs) Excuse me. Um, And then the driver... To combat the fact that Percy's fire has gone out, gone goes to the guard in the break van and said, Well have some of your floorboards, please <laughs> and then and then the guard responds But I only swept the floors this morning
2: <laughs> It's one of the best lines of dialogue in this episode. Um, you may have seen
1: on some of our socials uh, Tom Parry made our very own meme about yes. that.
0: We'll repost it. Yeah, yeah I, we'll, I will we'll, definitely repost we'll, that. I'm so proud of it. I know. More proud than I should be. And
1: and, and then recently, you, Denim, made a meme. Uh, inspired oh, someone else
2: made that meme. Really? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Someone turned me into a bunch of Simpsons memes. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that one applied
0: best to Right on track. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, it, it has our name in it. It does. Um, mm. Now I need to have a meme with me involved somehow, but I'll get to that. We'll make we it happen.
0: Now, as for the rest of the episode... Once Percy's fire has been relit by the floorboards, Harold drops uh, hot drinks. Yes. And then the crew is able to make their way out of the flooded field and home to Ellsbridge Station.
1: Yes, where Thomas
0: is able to pick them up and then... Take them home, mm-hmm. and then Harold arrives, and the fat controller congratulates Percy on a job well done. Yes. Oh, that's one thing we haven't mentioned. Actually, Michael Angelus, he provides the fat controller with a really thick Yorkshire accent. Yeah, mm. he, he does. does. Mm.
2: Yeah, and I
0: quite like it.
1: I feel it suits him, mm, a and it's bit. one
0: which is carried through. As, like several other narrators, and into the current form of the show, mm. where the fact controller still speaks with that Yorkshire accent, Thomas, yeah, <laughs> exactly,
2: is uh, really good at this point in time. Really good with characterization, and you can mm. see it with the fact controller in this episode. You could also see it with Harold,
4: mm. but even like oh yes, tones, of course,
2: Harold. So yeah. he
0: has that typical RAF voice. Yeah, you
2: know. you can tell he's watched Ringo Starr's stuff, mm. like yep. to do his research. Mm. But I also really like his tone. He is for Edward as well, mm. yeah, and James later. We'll get to that, but
1: it, it's we will. it's yeah. a brilliant little episode. Um, and the music, Mike and Junior Campbell, they've absolutely nailed it. Mm. Uh, in the little clip we just played for you, there, you heard the start on how it starts with you know a li- little bit of a chime, mm. and then it goes down into the storm. Mm. Yeah. And when we uh, discussed Edward's exploit uh, last season, we discussed on how, you know, it's supposed to be a storm. It's got Edward's theme in the minor key. Mm-hmm. And it's got dark clouds,
0: but it's not much of a storm. Well, and we look at uh, the episode here, we've got a grey sky. Yep. An actual grey... mist and fog. Yes. And... Yep. Mist and fog, grey sky. So, yeah, there is no mistaking this weather for any other sort of weather. It, it's a storm. It yeah. is one of my
1: favourite storm sequences in the entire show, mm-hmm. Uh like, with the even the small details, such as the river water rising up, mm-hmm. you know, that really drives home the point of it, like, being a flash flood. Mm. Um, for those, like, it's in the name a flood that happens in a flash. I've been caught in one before, a mm. uh, middle of one, and it is terrifying. It is, yeah. I, I remember I need... I've to, been close to it, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I need to go to an appointment, and within five minutes, uh, the car... We, we were trapped in the car in the middle of this little ditch mm. um, which goes underneath the railway bridge because all the water had just quickly risen. All the power had gone out.
0: Just slightly off topic, you know what I really love about the city of Melbourne where we record this podcast? Yes. When there's flash flooding, people still think they can drive through the water. Oh, they, yeah. They, they just go through at full speed, 60 kilometres an hour, and go, yeah, I could ford my way through this. Oh, no, my car's gone. Nothing can stop them. Oh, wait. <laughs> Mm. And um, coming back to the episode again, we mentioned before how much abuse the models caught. In mm. this one, they place the human figures in the water and yes. we can actually see you know, the shimmering yes. of the water there and, mm. of course, the steam and the spray being placed all over them. So, yeah, they, they suffer a lot, the human characters. <laughs> yes.
1: Speaking
0: of abuse,
1: there are two uh, interesting things here. They uh, In the original story... Um, when the driver goes to ask for the floorboards from the guard, it's the guard in Clarabelle, and they rip out Clarabelle's floorboards. Mm, but in the TV series here, it's just a brake van. Yeah, mm. so they either didn't want to come up with an inside for Clarabelle um, or have that abuse of ripping up a living entity's floorboards. How would that feel? Probably the same way as pulling out nose
0: hairs. True. Ouch! <laughs> like, yeah. or, or cutting nails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, n- nose hairs. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so so nails have no sense in them. No, have I got that right. They've got. Yeah, what's the they, word? They've I'm got no for? nerves. Nerves. Yeah. Thank you. But
1: they are determined to be more sensitive than skin, which is weird. Mm. Um. But one more thing of abuse. Uh, Harold comes along with his heroics, and he drops some hot drinks for the passengers to you know. Help them. On Percy's boiler. Yes. (laughs) Now, how does that work?
2: It's one of my favourite shots in the whole episode. I'll just say that.
1: Mm. Uh, Like, you know, he drops a crate, with a parachute, of course, Mm. with hot drinks. Now, assuming these have come with mugs, they would need to, of course, be like styrofoam or something if they were, you know...
2: Stainless steel?
1: Yeah, something, because when they crashed onto Percy's boiler, they would be broken to smithereens. In fact, the crate should have, like it did in uh, Percy's scarf. Then uh, these are hot drinks, which means that there needs to be some kind of hot liquid in there, mm. like are the drinks pre-made, or is there just a hot liquid sloshing around in there? <laughs> Has that liquid spilt everywhere? Mm. Like, I don't see the point of... Dropping hot drinks at all in a situation where they can easily be flipped upside down. What broken. if they
0: put them in several thermoses? Or, or did thermoses if they
2: just exist? Had tea bags or tea leaves and coffee beans mm-hmm. and yeah. hot cocoa in a in a. In, in
1: there, a tiny Starbucks employee just fooling? Yeah, yes.
0: Yeah, mm. Hello. Uh, what, what would you like today, sir? Oh, I'll have a mixed orange frappuccino. I, I don't go to Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, I neither no do I. But but <laughs> you know, it's <laughs>
1: like I don't see the point of dropping. You know, hot drinks. Even if it is to keep the Vickers' Sunday school warm, Mm -hmm. they're in the middle of the storm. If you do this to every single person in a storm, you're going to go bankrupt very quickly.
2: But they have unlimited money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Judging by the amount of accidents they have and how they haven't gone bankrupt, (laughs) I'm willing to believe that. They did
2: a long time ago, but they just haven't told us by this point.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They declared bankruptcy. But my favourite thing about this episode, mm. which is when uh, the Fat Controller is thanking Percy. And he goes, and Harold says, you did good job too. He says you were a uh, wizard. Mm. He says he can beat you at some things, but not being a submarine. Mm. And then, <laughs> very meta, he yes. says, I don't know what you two get up to sometimes, mm. but, you know, good job anyways, yeah. Percy.
4: Yeah, And I love
1: the fact that the Fat Controller just doesn't really understand what they're doing. <laughs>
2: mm. I love it. It kind of taps into this friendly rivalry both Percy and Harold have. Yes, it mm. continues a,
1: a little bit more. Um, now, it It was referenced in Percy Takes the Plunge. Mm. Um, and, of course, like most of these stories, true event um, where an engine was submerged in five feet of water... Um, in Hunstanton, Norfolk, uh, where they use the floorboards from the guards to get the train moving to Hunstanton.
0: Mm. It's
1: yeah. But five feet of water. Like, I mean, I'm just above five feet.
0: I'm five foot seven. So, yeah. you know, my nose would be under that. Probably. Yeah. D- I'm d- six foot four. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You'd be fine. Mm. Yeah. You, thanks guys. Yeah. yeah you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we're needing to doggy paddle. Like, hey, can you give us a piggyback ride? Yeah, (laughs) sure. Okay, thanks. But ranking this, guys, because I'm going to give this a solid 7.5, maybe an 8. Because, you know, it is our first proper storm sequence. And we do get a few of them in later episodes. But this one, you know, it was the first and they executed it. Perfectly, You've got the rising water. You've got a story which has got a perfect build-up. Mm-hmm. You've got the foreshadowing from, you know, Harold and Edward to drive it home. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you know, y- the music which just carries the whole thing. So,
2: an eight from me.
0: Ooh, I think I will give this episode another nine. Another nine. Yeah.
2: You know what? I'm going to take it up a notch further. I'm going to go 9.5. Ooh. Why not 10? Well,
0: like... Well, why not 10 for you? Well, that's a very good question. Can Denim answer first?
2: <laughs> I, I, I feel like this isn't The Flying kipper. but at the same time, it's very entertaining. The production values are great, and it is a step up naturally from the last season. But... I know there's better yet to come in this season. Mm. Yep. So there's a little foreshadowing there, but it's a good story. Mm.
0: I think the complaints I would have is that it takes a long time building up to the climax, and when it reaches that climax, it sort of really doesn't go anywhere. There's no sense of peril.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's just
0: I'm trapped in water. It's just, oh, this is inconvenient. The same
1: way the drivers who think they can forward to the river,
0: mm. that, that, that don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and also, that break van guard is just, you know, yes. solid yeah. 10 out of 10 but for that one.
1: <laughs> now it is, of course, time for our musical interlude, mm-hmm. where we are sort of farewelling Ringo Starr with the start of Series 3. It's his swung song. It, 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 it's... Song! Oh. <laughs> it is a... Um, Little remix song that we've got for you known
2: as the Ringo Rap. That's right, and it's done by none other than Kevin Jennison. So if you're listening, Kevin, thank you for this uh, masterpiece.
4: <laughs> Come on! That's right. You know what? This is Thomas the Tankin' Song. Toot, Toot. Let's it. When you see me rolling, rolling down the track You know that I roll and I've got fat spats I've got six small wheels and a sure stumpy dome I'm sending these to into your home You know I run this island, the island of Sodor I always hold the line like my main and Odor Don't you listen to that fool, Odom Pat He smells like poop and he's way too fat they me be tank because I'm so hard. I smash these tonight like i bring a star. If you help me, I'm going to tip. Fussy, any clarinet, and no fussy. I might fall into such no, never But I'm so hard that I'm going to be fine. Nothing can spoil my blue coat of paint. When it comes to time, I never had a complaint. Thought is the dry heart. it's very clear to see. But this big old lazy bone has got nothing on me. Curses, my boy, he's the best I've ever was. He's so silly, he and sweet as mean as we can be. Because James is the funny case. You already know this last found Henry is the pretty boy, but he too far Now he's gripped off into tunnel. That
1: was the Ringo rap by Kevin. Jennison, Yes. Mr. Kevin Jennison. Well done, sir. By using different words from the first two series of the show, they've been splurged together into that wonderful remix rendition... <laughs> Like, honestly, it's one of my favourite things to listen to. It's got a great beat, and it's so well done.
2: It's beautiful. Uh, Go and listen to it.
1: Yeah. But now we're going to be moving on to the final episode of today, which is going
3: to be Time for Trouble. You know, little Toby, he boasted, I'm an important engine. Everyone knows it. I'm as regular as clockwork. Never late. Always on time. Says you, replied Toby. Just then, the fat controller arrived. Your parts are worn, Toby, so you must go to the works to be mended. Can I take Henrietta, sir? No. What would the passengers do without her? Toby saw Percy by the water tower. Don't worry, Toby, said Percy. I'll take care of Henrietta until you get back.
0: By the way, that voice we heard at the beginning there was James the Red Engine. And this is his... Um, my, how would you say it? It's kind of obnoxious, really. Michelangelo yeah. gives in a really obnoxious voice. But I mean, I love it, and it's sort of like a almost a high pitched screech. Really. It's all
2: good there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, we heard elements of that in. Ringo Starr's narration. I mean, in one episode of the second season, he goes, where's Percy? Mm. And in another episode, he goes, rubbish! That's beautiful. We've heard elements of it now and then, but this is the first episode in which we get to hear it properly. Can I say,
2: I think the more we delve into these reviews, James has slowly become my favourite character again. Oh, wow. Oh.
1: Like, I can definitely see why, because... You know, there's been all these little tiny character building things throughout mm. all the episodes.
0: Mm.
1: I I can definitely see why he's become like, well, becoming your new favourite character.
0: It's been the opposite for me. I think with every episode that we've seen so far, James is becoming more and more boastful, more and more arrogant, despite everything that happens to him.
1: Oh yeah, but yeah. like I mean, we love him all the same.
2: It's like water off a duck's back to him. <laughs>
1: Honestly, it is and But it's good because he is, like, honestly the comedic fullback for every episode he seems to appear in. Mm. Like, if you need something to go wrong and someone to absolutely be dramatic, flamboyant and overreact, mm. like, I feel like James is a big fan of Elton John.
4: Yep. Yeah. I, like, I can...
1: I, if he was given the choice, I feel he would wear that fluffy scarf with the massive, almost, like, horn-rimmed glasses... Yeah. That would just be him. He'd wear spangly outfits. But, time for trouble. I never actually saw this episode growing up, but Mm. I did have it as a buzz book. Mm. So, I saw a few images of it and I, like, knew the story.
2: Was that a buzz book or a buzz buzz book?
1: A buzz book. I was just making a joke that way. No, no, no. It was a buzz book. (laughs) I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. I didn't have
0: two of them. I, I... Did have a number of Buzz books actually? Yeah, those yeah, Thomas stories—they were really popular I growing had, up. Um, the Ladybird ones. Mm.
1: Ah, yes.
0: yes. I think they only did the first
2: two seasons of those.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah. But for those who don't know the story, it starts with the talk about how in the summer mm. um, there are a lot of passengers on Sodor, and mm-hmm. the Gordon uh, is pulling the express trains, and. When one journey stops, a new one begins. And he enjoys a nice long run, except James now needs to take the express Mm. just
2: to give him a break. What's really interesting about this little bit of dialogue, it's actually taken from Gordon Goes Foreign.
0: Yes. It is. So this particular episode is based on two Thomas – well, railway series stories, I should say, from book number 12, which is The Eight Famous Engines. So this is the book which culminates in the engines all travelling to the big city far away – which we'll uh, see
2: later in the TV series. Yeah. Yes. So you
0: mentioned Gordon goes foreign is the line that to you know where they draw inspiration from, and the other story they draw inspiration from is called Double Header. Yes. Which I think is a more appropriate title to be honest than Time yeah. for Trouble. Yeah, true. I agree
1: with that. Um, I believe the reason why though is because they were planning on probably remaking another. Uh, Railway series story triple header,
0: uh-huh. a- and that
1: may have caused confusion, especially when they have the eventual sequel, quadruple header. Yes. so you know, but um, I that reason why it's from Gorn Goes Foreign because I believe they'd started to definitely prepare Gorn Goes Foreign, uh, where they'd reuse um, a mixture of Douglas and Henry to create the foreign engine, mm-hmm. um, except it was just deemed too expensive to. Mm-hmm. Make and especially, you know, having them go all the way to London, then you need to have like a crashed engine, which I also believe is the foreign engine. I I believe the crashed engine, seeing Golden Goes Foreign, and the foreign engine are the two same. Not, pe- pe- not
0: according to the illustrations I see here, sorry to be pedantic, oh, no, 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 but we fine. see a shot here in the distance of the engine having fallen wayside yes. and it has no face, whereas the foreign engine that Gordon is talking to does have a face.
1: Well, you know, in other illustrations it does have a face when it was eventually redone from Mr Perkins' story time. Okay. Mm. And mm. the the biggest people, uh, things argue, is that it hasn't got spoke to Flint. Deflectors, but consider mm. if a train has fallen in, like on its side, and you need to lift it up, smoke deflectors may get in the way, so you may need to remove them.
0: That's a fair point. So, so that's, so that,
1: that's why I'm arguing. But <clears throat> uh, James now taking the express. Uh, Toby um, then needs to go to the works, um, which is presumably we, near Croven's Gate. We, yeah. we can assume so, yes. Yeah, like, like that's where it always seems to. B. You can
2: see in the illustrations that you can see um, Narragay stock in the background at one of the stations, so you can assume it's New
0: Caravan. So you can. I never noticed that before. Is that
2: Cora the brake fan?
0: It uh, possibly. I'm not entirely sure. We 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 don't know. It's Cora or
2: Beatrice, one or the other.
1: But uh, then uh, Percy, not Percy. Toby runs out of water um, in the middle of the main line. And then James needs to go and help him along. Um, and then when they reach the workstation, kids go, oh, J- James was running too slow, so Toby need to come and help him. How mm. funny is that?
0: Mm. Now, we have one person and one person only to blame for this mishap. Yeah,
1: I've got no idea who it is. Uh, Denim, would you like to enlighten us who may be the cause of this? Oh,
2: I don't know. It might be the signalman.
0: It is. It is. It is specifically named in both the episode and the original story that the signalman is at fault because he didn't know about Toby and his very small water tank. Yes. Had he not have moved Toby on, Toby would have had enough water to reach the next station. Exactly. And there would be no need for him to be pushed by James.
1: Yes, and hmm. the signalman even admits it himself. Yes. Um, uh, is this the
2: first time a signalman admits to their own I system? know. Yes.
1: <laughs> he, it he, he says, it, it said in the episode, my fault, said the signalman. <laughs> like, like, honestly, if that is clear-cut evidence, we've got it. It's on tape, albeit it wasn't in real life, <laughs> because this is a real-life event where yes. and. LNE, uh, J70, Toby's basis, uh, had to be moved uh, to the Stratford Works after running out of water. Um, but it's video evidence, mm. driving it to court, Denham,
2: you're fired. <laughs> okay. That that was my Trump impression.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're fired. Now, there we go.
2: Um, what was it that Trump said the other day? He, like, made a speech and said, or
0: something, at the end of it? <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: <laughs> Weird. Um, Let, let's
0: not get into that now.
1: <laughs> but um, what I really like about this episode is that it carries on the James and Toby conflict. It does, yeah, um, quite beautifully. Mm. Yes. I would like to like feel, though, that this story takes place maybe before Dirty Objects, because I feel with Dirty Objects, it like rounds up the conflict nicely, mm. whilst this one, it's seen to continue.
0: That's a fair point. And it's also worth remembering that this story was published originally after Toby the Tram mentioned. So yes. Eight Famous Engines is book twelve in the series and I think Toby is book seven in the yeah. railway series.
2: I think a lot of the conflicts that are established in both the book and TV series continue, no matter Mm. if they're resolved or not. You see it with Thomas and Bertie. We see it with Edward
0: and his old parts constantly.
1: You see it with the signalman and his vendetta with everyone.
2: You see it with the guard and his floorboards.
1: It happens all the time. Um, But, yeah, this episode, it's... I feel it's a nice one. And while some parts may be seen as redundant, such as the exposition with Gordon at the start, I feel that it do- it actually builds to the idea of it being a busy time on Sodor. Mm. And it also builds a bit on Gordon's character, which it not needed for the story. But the idea that now James is trying to be faster than Gordon and mm. match him, um, only to now be stopped to help Toby... You know, it, I I feel it's good to have that little bit
0: of explanation there. I agree. Yes, yeah. as do I.
1: Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, what about rankings for the episode?
0: Hmm, I would be leaning towards a six for this one because it's, it's not really action-packed. When you compare it to the first two episodes yeah. of the season, you know, there's not really a lot of great examples of, you know, increased production values there, or anything
1: no like that. There's no accidents. There's no interesting I mean, music. we
0: do get to see a large scale model of Toby's uh, water, water tank levels. It's yes. quite interesting to see. Mm. Yes. Yeah, And that's one thing that always stood out to me when watching the episode as a child, just that one particular bit there. Mm. But as for the rest of it, yeah, it's just like, nah, th- th- This could have been done in season one or season two, easily. Yeah, it was
1: planned for season two, but mm. they pushed it to Series three, for some reason. Mm.
2: Yeah. Denim? It is interesting to see uh, some of the interesting things that uh, is contained in this episode, like Toby's water tank, seeing Percy with Henrietta, and then seeing James push Toby in front of a good straight not a good strain, an express train. Yes. <laughs>
4: Do
1: not insult those passengers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I-, I definitely really like this episode, and I don't mind the exposition as well. It definitely adds something to the story that we weren't expecting, and again, I enjoyed this as a child. For that reason, I'm giving it a seven.
1: Okay. I'm going to give this episode an eight. It, it, Six, seven, eight?
2: There yeah, we go. Six, seven, eight?
1: Seven, eight? <laughs> seven, eight, nine. Uh, great joke. But yeah. um, what I really enjoy about this episode is how the lighting is used with the Series 3 sets. Because we have the um, Bridge Over Valley run by... Uh, with the bridge going atop and then two rails going underneath and Toby slowly moving along by himself. And then where Toby stops appears to be right next to this massive, like, wheat field. And you can see in the background a windmill. Is it the same windmill? Maybe
0: that windmill seems to teleport around the island. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. They really do convey that sense of isolation in yeah. that scene there, a- and I really do like that.
1: And then yeah, me you, too. when Henrietta uh, is being pulled by Percy, it says Henrietta hated leaving Toby, mm. but Percy's like, "Oh, don't! You're 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 carrying, you know, his driver to help mm. warn and get help. Like you're you're helping." And, like, that just brings all the warm feelings, so that's why I'm giving it an A. It's
2: very wholesome.
1: It is. But that brings us to the end of episode 17
0: of the podcast, guys. hmm And episode one of our third season. Yeah. Mm. one wants upwards from here. It oh. is, absolutely. I mean... I'm very much looking forward to talking about the rest of the episodes in this season, but I'm also looking ahead to four and five. Now, now that we're hearing the voice of Michael Angelus, it has primed me for all the great episodes to come. I know.
2: It's near. It's very near. Very
0: near. Today, Today, Series 3.
1: Tomorrow, more Series 3. <laughs> After that, the world. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> and then hopefully not too long away get Series mm. H.
1: Oh. Wow. <laughs>
2: Okay. But, yeah,
1: that brings us to the end of this episode, guys. We hope you've enjoyed reviewing uh, these three episodes with us. Mm -hmm. We're going to be covering next, Paris.
0: So, on our next episode, we shall be covering four Thomas and Friends stories, being Gordon and the the Famous Visitor, Donald Stark, Thomas Gets Bumped, and Thomas, Percy, and the Dragon. So, a very eclectic group of stories there, but they're all good ones. It is indeed.
1: And of course, you can always reach out to us on all of our social
0: media, such as Twitter at on track Thomas. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com forward slash right on track Thomas Podcast. That's all one word. And you can also find us on Instagram at TTTE underscore right
2: on track at s Or if you want to send us an email, right-on at gmail.com. Yes.
1: But for now, this has been episode 17 of Right on Track. (laughs) Um, And we'll see you all next time. I'm still Connor.
0: I'm still Parry.
1: I'm still Denim. Adios. Bye.